What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Amy Watson on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her, her story, and also what she's doing for the community. Amy, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Well, thanks so much, Shelly. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm a little bit maybe farther out than a lot of your listeners, so I wanted to say how much I've enjoyed listening to all the other moms who are really brave enough to tell their story. And I don't know if I would have been brave enough earlier, but yeah, I'm just excited to share everything we've been through. I guess the beginning is I always wanted to be a mom and I thought six kids sounded perfect, like three boys, three girls. I had this idea and I did meet my husband during when we were in college and we got married and I ended up being a few months pregnant with my first um, daughter when I was graduating. So luckily the gown was really big and my belly fit underneath of it. And we were just really excited to move on with that part of our lives and growing our family. And everything with that pregnancy went pretty well. We were just young and naive and I was lucky enough that pregnancy was not the most fun, but it wasn't too bad for me. I didn't have a lot of the symptoms that people have and it was just good. And we had our first baby and she's amazing. And we wanted to have our kids pretty close together. So when we were ready to try again, we um, got pregnant pretty easily. But this was kind of my first time even venturing into like uh, something a little scary. We went to my doctor's appointment and well, I actually went by myself and everything was fine, but I went and we knew we were pregnant. And when I got to the doctor's appointment, I went to change, you know, into the fun paper gown and everything had been fine when I'd driven over there. But when I got undressed, I found quite a bit of blood in my underwear, which was kind of terrifying. And so I told the doctor, she still checked me. She said everything looked normal, um, but they wanted me to go do blood work. And I really hated needles at the time. I don't love them now, but I really was afraid of getting a blood draw and all of that. And so it was my birthday that weekend. We were headed out of town and of course they wanted us to go get numbers. And I remember just being really frustrated and thinking, well, if I'm going to have a miscarriage, like what's the point? Why do I need to go to the hospital? And and all of this and just really scared and really upset. But we went into the numbers, went away for the weekend, came back and everything was fine. So it ended up that that was just fine. Um, And I think I was still young and naive. And even though I knew like it was a possibility that something bad could happen, we just went along and, and everything was okay. Um, my third baby was pretty boring and easy. And so we had three little girls and everything was, you know, good, just loving being a mom. Um, and then my fourth pregnancy was also, everything was going pretty good. Um, my husband ended up going away for training for work for 
we kind of found out we were pregnant and then he was going to leave for six months to do a training in Georgia. And so the timing was a little tough, but we were going to figure it out. And my mom had flown in to help me. And cause I live um, in the States and I grew up in Canada. So she came in from Canada and I was about 14 weeks along and everything was going good. I was, I actually hadn't told anybody that we were pregnant. We tended to not tell anybody for quite a while. And I was cleaning. I remember I was cleaning the fridge out and doing all these things because grandma was there to entertain the other girls. And I sat down on the couch and I, then I stood up and there was just a huge gush of, of, well, I thought my water broke. So it was fluid anyways. And I, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. And so I went to the bathroom, like I said, I thought my water broke, but I got to the bathroom. It was all blood. And of course I'm kind of freaking out. Um, it was really scary. And so I had to go, I kind of cleaned everything up and I went and I had to tell my mom, I think I need to go to the hospital. Also, I'm pregnant. Also, I'm like bleeding intensely right now. And so we took my little girls to the neighbors and we went to the doctor. And of course, I'm just thinking the worst. And we got there. Um, I was just, yeah, like I was bleeding everywhere. They had to end up giving me like scrubs because even though like I had put on a pad and everything, it was just a lot of blood. And we went and got an ultrasound and baby was actually okay and like kicking and moving and and there was a heartbeat and everything and we kind of didn't know what had happened and so it ended up that you know I had had a little bit of a hemorrhage or they said the edge of the placenta had torn off a bit and so I was bleeding quite a while um and they were just watching it and so I'm home my husband's out of state I've got these little girls and they told me you know you should be on kind of modified bed rest and don't lift anything more than a milk jug you know all the things they say and I'm like I have three kids I think five and under they were just little and so it was pretty scary and I remember that whole time just that pregnancy just being scared a lot of the time that um, something was going to happen but again we were able to continue on with that pregnancy and you could see at the appointments the one plus side I think of having issues is you get a lot more ultrasounds and a lot more checks and you could see there was a huge blood clot behind the placenta and it was there for quite a long time but it did end up healing itself and we were able to have um, our daughter and we her middle name we named her hope just because that had been a really difficult time um, it seemed like a really long time and we were also getting ready to move and building a house and it was just a lot but we made it through we moved and and she was okay and we were happy with our four little girls just excited and also ready to take a break for a little while so a few years later i started thinking that Maybe it was time to add another little one to our family. And it took a few months, but 
we we found out we were pregnant again and we were pretty excited and wondering if we were going to get that boy and just yeah everything was pretty normal i had a little bit of elevated blood pressure but nothing my doctor excuse me nothing my doctor was worried about and we had a great doctor we were we had moved to like this really tiny little town and little tiny little hospital and but i felt really confident with our doctor and he had a, one of those little ultrasound laptops in so we got to see the baby every appointment pretty much and we were able to sometimes bring the kids and they you know got to do the doppler and and it was just we were all really excited oh, and we found out that this baby was also a girl so we were we were like well we know how to do girls and we have all the clothes and and it was you know we were really excited my husband he loves the girls there wasn't any like him wanting to really have a son and and all of that so um i was kind of nervous towards the end about how am i going to handle five kids and just getting everything ready um we kept the pregnancy was was going fine um we actually got pretty close to the end i was in really nesting phase there was all these projects i wanted to do and my mom came to help with the baby um, whenever the baby was born to watch the girls so she was staying with us and i was like oh grandma's here like i'm gonna get all these things done and we had the car seat in the car we had bought a new crib because the first crib we had was kind of from our um poor army day like we had bought it used and i was like no i'm gonna get a new crib finally and so we put together a new crib i was super pregnant like i just remember being on the floor trying to put this crib together and we'd washed all the clothes like i said we had all this pink and i just had pulled out the bins and washed everything and i was due on saint patrick's day so march 17th and we're like oh that's so lucky it's a great due date and and yeah everything was fine we went to a national park and went hiking we took my mom um, we had a great day just hiking and driving around and and looking at everything and that was the 12th so like five days before my due date and i thought oh i'll i'll walk this baby out we'll you know we'll keep busy we'll hike i really really wanted to have a natural birth i had been induced um, my last three babies for various reasons and i really wanted to you know stay home and labor walk in the hospital doors you know just push the baby out and everything would be great and that was the the birth plan my doctor was on board you know everything was good we actually lived really close to the hospital and so we were we were ready to do that um that night i actually did start feeling some contractions or what i thought were contractions and they weren't really regular um, but i was you know writing them down and everyone was sleeping and i didn't want to wake them up but i thought oh you know labor starting this is perfect i'm gonna walk so i was just walking around my living room getting excited and timing these contractions and i thought you know by morning maybe my kids are gonna wake up and their baby sister is gonna be here and that was kind of what i thought was gonna happen um, but around 
five in the morning. So it was about 10 until five. I, I was feeling contractions and walking and, and doing all the things, but I, it kind of petered out. And so I went and got into bed and I told my husband, you know, that I'd been up all night and we had had plans that day, but we decided to just stay home and see what happened. And I just um, realized at some point in the morning that I hadn't felt the baby kick for quite a while and I couldn't pinpoint it again. It's, you think you would notice, but we had been so busy and I'd been focusing on the contractions and I just realized, Hey, I hadn't felt her kick. So of course you do all the things and drink the juice and, you know, hug the belly and make noise and um, do all of that. And nothing was really happening. So I still at that time, we're, I still don't think we put two and two together, but we called the doctor and I would have had an appointment that Tuesday. So the day that we ended up um, going hiking, I normally would have had my doctor's appointment, but he was out of town. So we'd moved it to Thursday and we were planning to like do the membrane sweep and all the things. And if I hadn't had the baby. So we called the clinic and I said, you know, I hadn't felt the baby kicking and I just wanted to come in and check. And looking back now, I don't know, they didn't actually tell me to come in either. They just made me an appointment for later that afternoon. And I was like, okay, I can wait. And I didn't even think about going in again, just not expecting, you know, I just thought, oh, I'm being, I'm just being nervous. Um, we'd actually had one other time where the baby was napping and we had gone in and checked um, on a different pregnancy. And it's like, no, everything was fine. So I just thought she's probably sleeping. It's fine. Um, but we went in that afternoon and luckily my husband decided to take work off and be home that day because when it's your fifth kid, you kind of just go to the appointments alone. And, and I had always, you know, he was really busy with work. So he was able to be there and it was, he, the doctor checked my cervix first um, because we were so close. And then he got out the Doppler and of course there's no sound. And, um, then you kind of, everything starts getting pretty real and, but they do the thing where they say, let me get the, the ultrasound machine. And so they had that little laptop ultrasound and he went and got that and um, nothing. And still they are like, oh, we're gonna send you to the big ultrasound down the hall. And so we went in the waiting room um, as they set that up. And I remember just sitting there with my husband and you know, everybody reacts uh, differently, but for us, I just remember it being really quiet and kind of just knowing what was happening, um, being a little bit in shock. Just everything was just really quiet. And we went into the ultrasound room and Normally they have a big screen up on the wall um, so the mom can see when she's laying in the bed and they had turned that off. Um, but my husband could see the regular, you know, the regular screen and yeah, it was just really quiet. Um, the ultrasound tech didn't say much. Um, she just was doing all her measurements and, you know, clicking the keyboard and, and all of that. And And of course, you know, they came in and, and told us that there was no more heartbeat and that everything looked fine, that they couldn't really see anything. But um, they ended up just 
taking me down to labor and delivery, which in that little hospital is just two tiny rooms. And it kind of took me the back way around. And basically, I think we were in shock. And I don't know, they were kind of in shock because looking back now, I'm thinking why I, I didn't go home. I didn't go tell my kids. Um, they were just like, put on this gown. We're going to start an induction um, right away. And we just went with that. Um, my husband did have to go home and tell my mom and my kids who thought we were at the hospital to get baby sister, um, what had happened. And I was just at the hospital, um, like getting all the, getting prepped and everything. And I know that was really hard. Um, my girls were obviously pretty devastated. Yeah, one of my daughters even ran over to the neighbors and told them the baby died and they our neighbors were nurses and they ran over thinking like something had happened, something kind of terrible had happened at the house and got there. And anyways, it was just, just nothing you could really prepare for. Um, so yeah, then my husband had to like leave them pretty upset and come back to the hospital and Again, I still, like, I just remember everything being so quiet and surreal. And and I decided, okay, like, I've done this before. I've been induced a lot of times before. I kind of know the drill. And I just wanted to labor like I had with all my other children. And which was, like, trying to walk as much as I could and get as far as I could um, before getting an epidural or anything and, and just kind of had this plan and we, we followed through with that. Um, I remember, so this was before, this was in 2013. So almost seven years ago and we didn't have smartphones. We didn't even have a tablet. Like there wasn't anything. All there was, was the hospital room TV and we ended up finding this Duck Dynasty marathon, which was just funny. I don't know. We just for a distraction or something, we turned on this Duck Dynasty marathon and yeah, we just it did our thing. And I think there was kind of a strength that you don't know where it comes from to to do that. And I just was really focused on getting her here. And um, yeah, that's what, what kind of the goal was. And my in-laws ended up driving down. We lived about four hours away from them and they came and were obviously upset. Um, a few people came and visit us, visited us while we were in labor. Um, and just checked on us and we were just moving forward with this but then of course they come in with you know what are we going to do where are we going to bury the baby all these details and I just remember thinking like you've got to be kidding me I I can do this like I can deliver this baby but like now I have to plan a funeral or like how am I picking out burial plots or I just, I don't know. It was kind of too much at the time. And, um, but we ended up deciding just to bury her and um, up where my husband's sister had passed away. And so the family had plots and we decided to bury our baby there. Um, so it kind of always be a home base, even though it was um, four hours away from where we lived. Cause we didn't know if we would always uh, live in that town. And so we went through these things and I, I really at the time just couldn't 
I don't know. I didn't want to have a big funeral. I didn't know how to have a funeral for somebody you never met. I didn't think I could talk or do anything. So we decided to have a burial and we, so we um, kind of made the arrangements with all of that while I was in labor and we ended up deciding on a name. Um, at the time we had been debating, we usually wait till we meet the baby to name them. But I love the name Lauren and my husband had always known um, men that were named Lauren and he kind of thought, and I had never met anyone named Lauren that was a boy. So anyways, but I loved it. And so because of everything we were going through, I got to decide which name I liked. And so we named her Lauren. Um, she was born in the middle of the night, um, like three in the morning. And they, they took her, we wanted them, we didn't know kind of what to expect, but they, we told them if they could just take her and kind of clean her up and, and all of that before they brought her back to us. I think we were really um, nervous about holding her. Of course, we wanted to, but just like all the details and nobody really tells you, like, what is it like holding your baby's little body and, and what to expect and like how long and, you know, what would just, what it would be like. And so she was um, born. The only thing, going back a little bit, when when my water broke, they broke my water. They did find quite a bit of blood in the fluid. And so what they decided, even though we're not 100% sure, was that there was probably a placental abruption, which was maybe what those contractions or I'm not sure um, exactly what the timeline was, but she was perfectly healthy. Everything was fine. Um, but the placenta had broken away enough that um, she couldn't survive it. So that was pretty tough, um, but they cleaned her up. They brought her to us. We were able to spend some time with her um, that night and then kind of try to rest. And in the morning, uh, my friend and some other people came to help us get her dressed and do pictures. Um, we brought our little girls over and they, they all reacted differently. Um, my littlest one, of course, she was so curious and just loved holding the baby and she didn't want to let her go. Every time we'd take her um, back, she just wanted to hold baby again. One of my other daughters was really upset and didn't really want to hold her and but they're all really brave and and I was glad we had that time and I was glad we had um, pictures and and all of that and then we ended up just getting ready to go home they let me go home so I'd had her at three in the morning and I think by 11 I was out the door and we we left the baby there. And again, nobody, they were super kind and good at the hospital, but nobody said like you could stay longer or, and in hindsight, of course, you know, we could have, but we just didn't know. And I know my husband really um, was wanting to get home and not to be there at the hospital. So we went home and we left her and yeah, in that little tiny hospital, they didn't really have a ton of facilities. So they never showed me, which is good, but I know that they had her in a little cooler just on ice. And that was just the reality of what it was. Um, she was beautiful. She had amazing hair and we were able to get a few locks of that and cute little nose, cute little ears, um, just perfect. Um, we ended up dressing her in a little sleeper 
they had offered us kind of a burial gown or to make like a white dress or or something but I really felt like I wanted her to be warm and cozy and so we had a blanket that my husband's grandma had made and that all my girls had um, used when they were babies and so put her in a little pink sleeper and we wrapped her in that blanket and we ended up again kind of crazy we ended up since we were going to go bury her um, four hours away and they didn't take her to a funeral home they said we didn't need to and so we ended up actually taking her ourselves with us um, we had friends that had made a little casket and I think that's something that stood out to me at that time was I mean I really believe that there are something that I call tender mercies or like there's just blessings or the universe however you want to say it there were so many things that even in that really dark time worked out for us we had friends that had lost a baby and they actually started making little caskets perfect like handmade beautiful caskets in this tiny little town where we lived and we were able to get one of those um, we had so much support and it was actually spring break that week and everyone that we could have ever needed was there, was not out of town. And there were just so many little things that showed me that like we were being watched out for. And um, that was really something that helped me to recognize even in like that really difficult time. So we put her in her little casket and we took her up and we did the burial. And it was just really simple. Again, like I didn't invite a ton of people because I couldn't really handle it. We ended up, um, yeah, just mostly family was there. And yeah, we, we ended up picking out our headstone, going right from the burial to pick out our headstone because again, we were living far away and in a tiny town and we wanted to get that all taken care of at the same time so that she could have a headstone. And it's crazy to look back now at some of the things that you do. I mean, I had just delivered a baby and, and I'm over there picking out a headstone and running a few other errands while we were in kind of civilization. And I remember that was when my milk came in and that was like on top of everything just I was pretty annoyed and angry that my milk came in and it was super painful and I couldn't even hug anybody at the burial and it was just really hard and we stayed um, just one more night there and then we went home and so we we left her there so I'd had her Thursday morning at three in the morning and Saturday afternoon, we had like driven up, buried our baby and headed home. And it was, again, just so surreal. Um, yeah, I, so that's, I guess, Lauren, I, I found a lot of support online after she had passed and had a lot of friends. And I think people really wanted to help. And I would say to other people who go through this, just let people help in however way they want to. And we had friends that took our kids. We had friends that brought us food. We had friends so I had a friend that we were due on the exact same day and we'd gone through our entire pregnancies um she, we didn't live in the same place but we had been neighbors previously and we were both due and and we just had this together and and she ended up actually tried not to tell her I didn't share on social media or anything we didn't say anything. We were just still processing um, everything. And I kind of wanted her to have her baby without this 
kind of dark cloud over of what had happened to us. And, but it ended up that um, she hadn't gone into labor yet when we decided to tell everybody. And she ended up being one of my biggest supporters. And I think having just a couple of people that you can really tell what's going on and really be honest. Like if they say, how are you? You tell them the truth. Um, so she was a huge support to me and I was really grateful that she was able to have her baby and he was healthy. And when I lost Lauren, I was able to not, I was just, I wasn't angry. I was obviously devastated, but I, there was kind of a peace around it in a way. Um, and I, I was like happy for other people who had babies, even though, you know, it wasn't, it was hard to see pregnant people, but, and different things, different other babies. Um, it was definitely a roller coaster, but, but yeah, I was really grateful um, for all the people who supported us. And yeah, we just, after that, we, I really felt like I wanted to have another baby. Like we were so ready for a baby and I wanted to have another baby, even though I was terrified. And so we moved forward. I did a lot of things. Like I said, I found a lot of support online. I found um, a group that made little diapers for angel babies. And I started sewing and doing a lot of things just to channel my grief and try to have something good come out of it. And we were just, you know, keeping our heads down and, and getting through. And it was, yeah, like people say, it's just the toughest thing I've ever been through. And like my heart was broken. It was really tough. Um, but also we were very grateful that Lauren was part of our family. And, you know, I do believe that we'll get to hold her again someday. And that gave me a lot of comfort. Um, we had a lot of people praying for us and I had never been the subject of like a lot of a huge group of people um, praying for me and our family. And I felt that a lot especially in the beginning when you're kind of in a fog. I felt like that carried me through that time where you kind of just want to curl up a ball in a ball and, and give up. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of beautiful things that came out of that time, even though it was just really, really hard and hard to see my children go through that. That was kind of my first thought as soon as we found out there wasn't a heartbeat was how do I tell my kids you know these these little girls are just so excited for their sister and just kind of um that was really tough but we try to talk to them keep it open um let them feel how they felt let them see how we felt and and we were making it through so we we did end up a few months later pregnant again. And as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was pretty much terrified. And I did not handle that pregnancy super well. It ended up being almost identical as far as timeline to Lauren's pregnancy. So we were due just about a month after her due date. Um, but because of what had happened, we knew we were going to go a little bit early. And yeah, I was scared. And we didn't tell anybody for pretty much 20 weeks. I wore a big sweater and I'm kind of tall and have space. So I, I don't show a ton. And we were able to just kind of keep that 
private between us. And that was kind of just something that we, it was just a way that we could deal with it. Um, I did have a few friends that I had told, again, just having a couple of people that I could share it with and talk to um, was really helpful. But we, we told our kids the night before we had the anatomy scan and had them guess if they thought it would be a boy or a girl. And we went in and everything was looking good. And we found out we were finally having a boy and we were really excited and just really scared though. So we kept going through that pregnancy. And I think when you lost a baby at full term like that, there wasn't any milestone that we could pass. There wasn't any safe zone. There was, it was just pretty nerve wracking all the time. Um, but my doctor was great. I know he was really committed to, you know, keeping this baby safe and getting it here. And we had lots of non-stress tests, which as a lot of people might know, they are pretty stressful. Um, we ended up having non-stress tests in the same room that I had delivered Lauren and something just amazing that happened was we ended up on the anniversary of March 13th, having a non-stress test in the same room where she had been born. And it ended up again that my doctor was out of town or something. And we had this same doctor. So the second doctor that had told us there was no heartbeat. I hadn't seen him since that day. And um, we went to the non-stress test and baby wasn't cooperating. And so they had the doctor come in and read, um, you know, the printout and the heartbeat and all of the things. And I just thought, this is crazy. Like, how is it the same doctor, same room, same day? And like, now I can kind of like weirdly laugh about it. But at the time, I was just like, you, this can't even be real. And I ended up being there for like a full two hours and drinking the juice and doing all the things so that the baby would cooperate. And anyways, it was just kind of, yeah, just crazy. But we went ahead, we planned a baby shower because we were having a boy finally and we had not a lot of boy stuff and people were really excited for us to have this rainbow baby. And so we ended up having the shower just right before Lauren's first birthday. And so we tried to incorporate her into it and we had a little like service project on the side where we made little hats for angel babies and also tried to celebrate um, our new baby and just mixing all of that together was was tough, but it was really important to me. And so we passed our first birthday. Um, we ended up going out into the mountains and just with our family and just having a really quiet day um, thinking about her. And yeah, we ended up having that baby. Um, and he was born even. So we went in early. I was going to be induced, but I woke up and I just didn't feel well. And I just didn't feel right. And I had checked with the Doppler because I had a Doppler and his heart rate seemed kind of low to me. And I just was like, I can't, I'm not going to stay home like I did with Lauren. Like, I'm not going to stay here in case something happened. So we went into the hospital, um, they hooked us up, everything was fine. And we ended up starting our induction um, because we did have them a few weeks early. And they were really good. They had a nurse that stayed with us the whole entire time which I didn't realize till later, but yeah, she was like sitting in the room, I don't know, doing crossword puzzles or doing other work. And I think that our doctor was just really ready if there was any issues whatsoever, probably would have just whisked us into surgery or something. Um, but yeah, we had someone there with us the whole time. Same thing, labor went 
pretty standard since I had been induced so many times and, but really nerve wracking, just still not believing that, that everything was going to go okay. Um, just kind of surreal. And we did end up delivering him. They put him on my chest and still he was, you know, purple newborn. He wasn't crying. And I just was like, you have to make him breathe. Like he has to breathe. And, um, so they took him off of me and like blew oxygen in his face, wiped him down, you know, all the things. And he was fine. He was there. Um, he peed on the nurse, like all the things that a little boy should do. And yeah, it just was surreal and kind of unbelievable that we had done it. Um, but we were really excited and brought the kids over and they were just instantly in love and it was amazing and really healing for us, like really healed our hearts. And I think doing that year of like working on my grief and working through a lot of things and then having him there, um, it was just really amazing. And then we ended up a few years later finding out we were pregnant again. And I was pretty terrified, um, but excited, probably more terrified. I ended up being really sick with that pregnancy. We were in the process of moving. And I remember just trying to get the house ready. And of course, again, as we did, we hadn't told anybody, but I kind of was like, oh, I should tell somebody so they can see why I'm not like more productive getting this house ready and cleaning and, and all the things you have to do. So we moved to a new town and we found a doctor. We went in and had a first appointment. Um, kind of had a plan in place. I kind of gave her my whole backstory, had a plan in place. And she sent us over um, for an ultrasound at about just before 11 weeks. And everything was going good. I was sick, probably the sickest I've ever been, but I thought that's a good sign. Um, so I was just dealing with it, um, being the mom, doing all the things, getting to know a new place. We went and saw the baby on ultrasound. Um, he was dancing, cute little gummy bear. And yeah, just everything seemed pretty good. And we just kept going. And I finally one day realized I was like, oh, I'm not as sick. Like I started feeling almost human again. I wasn't just nauseous all the time. I never threw up, but I would just feel like I was going to all the time. And I was like, oh, we got out of the first trimester. You know, I was getting close to 14 weeks. And so it was about the time when you would normally just feel better. Um, my husband ended up going out of town for work and I went to my 14 week doctor's appointment and the same thing happened again. Um, quiet Doppler, they get the little ultrasound. They, and then they sent me over to the hospital um, for a bigger ultrasound and yeah, just no heartbeat. And I think that one was really tough because I had just wanted that baby to live. I remember just praying for that baby to live and that's all I wanted. And to go through it again was pretty devastating. Um, this time around, I was pretty angry and upset. I just, you know, it's like, okay, I, I did this already. It's not really fair to do it again. And we had just told the kids. And yeah, it was just crazy. Um, I ended up waiting for my husband to get back. It was a miss miscarriage, so there was no, nothing was happening. And I ended up going for 
a DNC, which ended up not going really well. Um, I lost a lot of blood and woke up just like in the movies, staring at the lights on the ceiling and having them tell me that, you know, that I lost a ton of blood and that they were taking me to the hospital and like wheeling me from surgery over into like a hospital room. Um, it was pretty touch and go for a while. It was pretty terrifying. Um, I ended up getting quite a lot of units of blood and yeah. So on top of losing the baby, then I, you know, had had this huge scare and was feeling terrible. Um, couldn't stand up for like a week. Really tough. And that was really tough. And we didn't end up finding out a gender on that baby, um, which is something that was really hard for me. We did send everything to be tested because I wanted some answers and I really wanted to know the gender so that we could name the baby and do all the things. And, and um, there was a mistake with the lab. You know, they've got barcodes and numbers and code, whatever. It didn't get the right code. And so um, that was really hard for me to put it lightly. <laughs> I, I was really, really upset that, that I had made the choice to have a DNC really partly so that I could find out some answers. And, and then to not get the answers was really tough. And to not get to like be able to see the baby or it just to not be able to bury the baby or do anything um, to just send it off to like a lab. And that was really hard. But, um, and yeah, it was different than a stillbirth. You can't really compare them. Um, it's just different. It's a different kind of hard going through a miscarriage like that. And especially being in a new place, not having like the same support system, not, I don't know. It was just, it was a really tough, tough time. But we kept, to make a long story short, I guess we, we kept going and I, I really felt like, like, of course this was terrifying and, and you want to make smart decisions. I, but I just felt like we weren't done growing our family. And so a few years later we did um, get pregnant again and oh, Shelly, this is like, what time do you need to quit? Oh, you're fine. I messaged the other girl and just said, I'll be a few minutes late. So we'll just what keep. time did we start? I'm like seven. So we're almost at an hour. Uh, okay. I was like, seven oh. central my time. I don't know. Where <laughs> okay. I'll wrap it up. <laughs> Oh, you're fine. You don't, like forever. don't even worry about it. I already messaged the other girls, so no worries. Okay. Okay. I'm like trying to. All right. So, yeah, I'll start again at the last one. This is the last one. <laughs> but it's like a whole other story, too. I feel like I need to break it down. Anyways, okay. All right, so we found out we were pregnant again, and again, I mean, it's something I had wanted, but I was just terrified. I, and I think as soon as I saw that positive, I thought, okay, this is, like, I can't do this again. Just the amount of fear and just, like, not knowing what's going to happen and I think at that moment, I was like, okay, whatever the outcome is here, that's, that's just the end of, of us going through all of this roller coaster. So we, we ended up going through this pregnancy. Everything looked pretty good until about 32 weeks. And I still had had this kind of chronic hypertension where I was just like a little bit 
my blood pressure was a little bit high, but not high enough they would do anything. Um, I was on baby aspirin, which I had been on for my other um, rainbows. So we were taking the baby aspirin. We're doing all the things. We I immediately just ended up going to actually called maternal fetal medicine and said, who's like the best high risk doctor? Cause I just knew um, this was going to be a crazy pregnancy. And so we got a great um, set of doctors. We were talking to maternal fetal medicine, tons of checks, tons of everything at, a, I feel like about 32 weeks or maybe a little bit before I was having these stress test twice a week and there was just or non-stress test but my blood pressure was a little weird we had like a little bit of protein in the urine and they ended up diagnosing me with preeclampsia which I had never ever ever had before and we actually ended up doing all the things like steroid shots. Um, they recommended we do steroid shots. They were doing all these checks. Um, and I was going to maternal fetal for checks and, and monitoring my blood pressure. And after I had the steroid shots, I didn't feel the baby kicking and kind of later that day or the next day. And so of course I'm Googling, like do steroid shots make the baby settle down or anything? And, and I had called the hospital. So the little hospital where we um, live nearby and I was like, should I come in and check? And of course they gave me the drink some juice and wait a couple hours. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. Like we're not going to play around. And so we just ended up going to the um, bigger hospital in the city where I was planning to deliver anyways. And they ended up admitting me. Oh, my blood pressure was a little sketchy. They wanted to make sure the baby was okay and they ended up admitting me. And I was there for a couple of weeks. We went to maternal fetal and you know, basically they were like, You're, we're just not gonna let you go home and have something happen. Like we're not gonna let you have another stillbirth. And that was comforting, but it was also terrifying. Like when you're in the hospital, you just feel sick. You know, you feel like a patient and they're like, oh, calm down, you know, just don't stress. And, and it's just so high stress and they're, they're poking you and bugging you and taking labs and blood pressure cuff, all of it. So we did all of that. Um, and we were trying to get to 34 weeks. That was the goal. That was the kind of tipping point of it was still safe for me and like, but baby would do so much better if we could get to 34 weeks. And so we just kept at it. I was counting down the days we were trying to manage, you know, we've got all these kids at home. Um, my husband has work, like trying to manage all of it and make it as far as we could. So that was the goal. And they said we weren't going to get out of the hospital, but we did end up getting out of the hospital. Everything had kind of calmed down. They'd given me some medication for my blood pressure and we were able to go home. And then I was there for, I think it was less than a week, but I was able to kind of get ready for baby, pack a hospital bag, like get my kids squared away. Um, I had missed like the first day of school, just all these things. And, and we ended up going back. I think I just wasn't feeling really well. And we ended up back in the hospital. I think it was less than a week later. And, oh no, I had gone up for a, another non-stress test and my blood pressure was crazy. That's what it was. And and so they just admitted me right away and started induction. And, and so we went through that again. Um, it was really scary. My husband, we'd had like our little, littlest boy was with us. So he had to take him home. He had to get like 
grandma and grandpa to come and, and all of that. So I was just sitting in the hospital kind of alone, getting everything started. We went through labor. Um, I ended up having to be on magnesium, which if you're ever going to have to be on magnesium, don't Google it because it was terrifying. Like all the things on the internet um, made it sound awful, but I just want to tell anybody else that it might not be that bad. It wasn't as bad for me as I thought it was going to be. Um, it wasn't fun to be on the magnesium, but it wasn't as bad as, as I had read about. And so, yeah, I basically was kind of stuck in the bed because when you're on the magnesium, like you can't, your brain's really foggy and you can't be moving around. So I was just doing everything I could from with an epidural, with magnesium, trying to get this baby out and hoping um, that he would be okay. They'd taken us on a NICU tour. We kind of were expecting, like, we just didn't know what to expect. But anyways, we ended up delivering him. He was just exactly five pounds at 35 weeks. And he was perfect and just tiny and so sweet. And the doctors were just so happy with him. And he was really healthy. And they were even saying, you know, you could take him home right now, I think less than 24 hours, they're like, you could take him home. And I just thought, what? I can't take this little tiny thing home. But I was the one that had to get better. Um, I was pretty sick. And I had to, you know, get off the magnesium, you have to take another 24 hours of the magnesium after you deliver, um, just so that you don't have seizures and all that scary stuff. So that was not fun. Um, just not being able to get out of the bed. I couldn't you know, you're kind of trying to pump, the baby's too little to eat. It, it just was like, not a fun time. But we were just grateful um, that he was there. And I think, looking back, I almost believe that the preeclampsia was actually a gift because when they delivered the placenta, they said there had been a really big blood clot on the back of it. And if we wouldn't have had him early, if we wouldn't have had so much monitoring, um, if we wouldn't have done all that, I really wonder if what happened with Lauren could have happened again. So I really think that sometimes those really hard things end up being um, the blessing that got him here safely. So yeah, we ended up going home with this teeny tiny baby and just managing all of that. Um, feeding him and like getting me better. I was on blood pressure medication for quite a while. Um, trying to get that all leveled out. And, and yeah, he was just like a beautiful little part of our family. We ended up with all the girls first and we, we had two little rainbow boys and we just have kept going and always remember our babies, um, they've really been a part of our family. We've done a lot of service in their honor and, and try to help other people. Um, I volunteer and, and help at hospitals when people lose babies with share. And like I said, I sew a lot. And um, yeah, it's not maybe the path I would have chosen, but, you know, our journey has has really made us who we are. And so we're just moving on to the next phase of not maybe pregnancy and, and all of that, but just watching our kids grow up and, and yeah, that's kind of my long story of rainbows and angels and all of it. Carl, you have been through it. <laughs> You have been through so much. Um, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Yeah. And I thought a lot about this and I love that you add this in and I wanted to just, mine is really simple and it's three words that helped me in a couple different ways. Um, and those words are, why not me? And the first way it helped me was after we lost Lauren, a lot of times people have that why me question. 
And there's never really a good answer for that. Um, so it just can be super painful. And I remember listening to a talk by one of the leaders at my church and he was saying, why not me? You know, why do we think that we shouldn't have hard things happen to us when we know that hard things happen to everybody? And, and so that was something that really helped me during, um, as we were grieving Lauren was, you know, this happens and, and why not me? Why like I can do hard things and um, I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's actually makes... really similar to something I always say. I always say it's not why me, it's because I'm me. Yeah. And well, then we're, we're throwing these things to, you know, because we can handle them and, you know, there's, there, I, I, I know a lot of people hate when people are like, Oh, well there's, you know, purpose behind it, but there really uh -huh. is. Um, yeah. It really yeah. teaches then, you a lot. Well, and the other time I wanted to say for, is there's another time in my life just a few years ago where someone said, um, why not me in, in the way of for you, everyone listening? You know, I think we hold ourselves back from doing things or if you've been through something hard or like you want to try again, you see other people doing. Mm hmm all the things, but you're like, well, they can do it, but I can't, like, I'm too scared or I'm, I'm not like them or whatever. And so I think just that question, why not me? Like, why can't you go for your dreams, even though you've been through something hard, whatever that dream is. Mm -hmm. um, so looking at it that way of, of yeah. asking that question, I think is something that's, I don't know. It's just so helpful to say, you know what, like I can do anything I want, even if I'm scared. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. We all really appreciate it. And yeah, I just, I think it's so cool that you, you're vulnerable enough to share and help other people through what you've been through. So we really appreciate it. And I just want to thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. And Amy, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. It's amy.smoothstonescoaching, or I have a website, smoothstonescoaching. Um, I'm actually a life coach for other baby loss moms, and I love helping them any way I can. Awesome. I love that you are taking your story and you're doing something within the community. Thank you so much, Amy. And I will link both of those in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Just leave.